is happening now? We're about to send you back to the future! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Reviewture, the show in which we take a classic movie that one of us, or both of us, might not have seen before, and we take a look at it now. I'm Drew Bridger. I'm Amber Inch. And you have the honour, nay, privilege, of joining us on an incredibly special episode. Now, there we go, it even got a fanfare as well. Now, it might not seem from the outset like any particular kind of special one. Maybe I'll put in some fanfares, some trumpets or, you know, something like that to accompany this in celebration. But this episode marks our one year anniversary of doing Back to the Reviewture. Can you? <laughs> Can you Adam and Eve it? <laughs> One whole year. Woo, woo. <laughs> when I started writing out lists of films that you and I hadn't seen that I thought would be good to do. Sorry, this, you and I hadn't seen. That's not exactly right, is it? I wrote down a couple of ones I thought <laughs> I hadn't seen. Oh, oh, oh. Which, surprisingly, leads us into the film that we are looking at in this episode, because this is one that you haven't seen, no. but you actually know more about than I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. and I haven't seen it. And to say that this hasn't been seen by me, who has done film studies, who has done screenwriting, who's you know, seen a bunch of films and, and worked a little bit in film industry, to say that they have not seen this film is what have you been borderline... Doing with your life? It's borderline criminal. Like, if there was crimes against films and cinema, not having seen <laughs> this film at this point in my career is probably one of them. Yeah, probably. When I told your dad that the film that we are looking at this week, I had not seen at all the look of terror on his face. Yeah, and that was about three years ago, so it's taken you three years to it watch was. it. It was. The it's not that long. So I will obviously explain a little bit, perhaps, about why I never got round to watching this film. So as if it isn't already obvious, this episode, we are looking at... The Godfather. <laughs> there we go. I had to get it out a little bit early on, so it's not just, like, eating away at me on the inside. <laughs> no, we're, 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 I've never seen The Godfather out of Every film that I could have not seen in I'm the whole shooker. history of cinema. Yeah, out of all the films that you actually have seen, which are garbage, you decided not to watch this one. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take that comment with a pinch of salt. I know you mean it yeah, in a nice manner, really. Okay. But I get what you're saying. I've seen a lot of films... That are bad. ...that are trash. I have seen a lot of films that are trash. Police Academy. Yes. Well, we experienced <laughs> that one together, so, okay, you know. Yeah. All right. But, 
you hadn't seen The Godfather. No. Either. No. No. But here's the thing. You had been to the effort of reading the book. <laughs> been to the effort. <laughs> it's not a small book. No, but it wasn't an effort. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I, I'm always more interested to read the book before I've seen the film if I find out that really some really big interest in kind of classic important film was a book before. And right. I'm always interested to read the book because like my go-to thing is an, oh, I'll watch the film because I don't really sit and watch films all that much. Like, if I was on my own, mm. or if it was down to me, I would hardly ever sit in my own home and watch films. Like, I like going to the cinema. Yes. And I like having that experience. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Godfather's not really going to be in the cinema all that often. Yeah. Go and see it. You and I go and watch films a lot. We'll stay in and watch films a lot. But if you were on your yeah, own... Yeah, when I'm on my own... I don't sit down and go, oh, I'm going to put this film on because I've yeah. been wanting to see it or something. It just doesn't cross my mind. You don't actively seek one out to go, no. oh, I've wanted to watch this for a long time and I now have an opportunity to watch it, but actually I'm going to do this instead. Yeah, because I think I think it's because how long they are, even though they're not really that long. And to be honest, if I watch three half an hour shows that's in a series that the I've same been amount of time. Watch, that's almost the same amount of time. Sure. But it's just, I don't know whether I just think my attention span can't last for one long story of two and a half hours. I can, but I can sit and watch a couple of episodes of the same show because they're mostly about different things following different stories. Right. You know, within the same kind of vein. But yeah, I don't know. Whereas Sometimes I... Sometimes I don't understand. Right. Sometimes I don't understand it either. No. So I was kind of steering clear of this type of film because I thought... I'm not going to understand what's going on. I find that I find these types of films really complicated to understand. There's a lot of different people, and they're always going on about business things. Right. And my not that I don't pay attention, but I kind of miss small things, and then I go, right, why is that happened? What's going? What are they talking about? Like I don't understand. I don't understand their business talk. I don't get it. <laughs> so what you're saying is you need someone there to watch it with you to confirm that what you think is happening is actually what is probably, happening. Probably, yeah. Probably. Okay. But I mean, that's not I. That isn't the reason why I don't watch it on my own. Right. But it just helps that I yeah. can understand it, maybe. So I'm not really going to talk about the book because it's not what it's about. But I'm glad I read the book before I watched the film because it made me understand and appreciate the film a lot more. Yeah. Because I didn't. Ha I had all of the background knowledge already and it followed the book exactly. A lot right. of the time it was word for word. So... It really helped with my <laughs> understanding that I already knew all of that stuff. So I wasn't trying to play catch up in my brain of like, oh, what's the, what's the I'm behind? Because it was quite quick. Yeah. And there was a lot of different people that you didn't always know the name of. And yeah. all of a sudden they'd gone or, you know, they'd killed them off or something. And you could miss why that happened. So I'm actually glad that I had that bit of extra knowledge before I started watching it. <laughs> yeah, and obviously I'm the kind of person who, at a moment's notice, would stick on something like Jurassic Park or Infinity War or, you know, any number of yeah, films that I know that I like. Yeah, yeah. And I would just go, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. Or I'll look through channels, and if something is on that's only, like, 15 minutes in mm. or something I'll go oh this has only just started 
I'll watch this. This is just on and I'll leave it on and I'll see what it's like. And if I don't like it, I'll put something else on. Yeah. But I have no problem with doing that. But when it comes to sitting down and reading the book of the movie, <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'd be like, well, I don't have as much time for this. This is not as easily digestible to me as a, a visual film would be. I think I've read the books of a couple of films because they were films that I really, really liked. And afterwards, I went, oh, okay, well, this is definitely worth it. I, I got something out of it. I, I had the audiobook of Jurassic Park, which was really good, but obviously entirely different from the film. So yeah. I kind of felt different boring, about that. It? Boring. it was not boring. It was just a lot of different stuff oh, went okay. on. Oh, right. It was very, very it was varied. Sciencey. It definitely was a little bit more sciencey. Yeah. They delve way more into it. I've read the book of iRobot by oh, okay. Isaac Asimov after having watched that. And that was actually a collection of short stories. Yeah, yeah. I read World War Z before the film came out and that was <laughs> there was no point in doing that <laughs> because the film was entirely different and actually I'm I am glad I read the book but there was no point in reading the book for the purposes of understanding the film because they're yeah, entirely there barely different. ever is there barely right. ever is because people just decide that they're gonna um use the basis of the book and then just totally rip it off and not even actually use hardly any of it and it's just a waste of time the the only book <laughs> of a film that I actually read that was the closest to the actual film was High Fidelity. Oh, unusual. Really unusual. Because <laughs> okay. they only changed two things about that, and it was the location and the main character's name. Did you... Two entirely pointless things to change. Have you read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I hadn't read the book, no. Oh, I was going to say that is pretty much exactly the same. Well, and yeah, it is. One, not yeah, 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 it one. is. Absolutely. <laughs> but... As we do with every episode, the person that hasn't watched the film has to write a plot synopsis of what they thought the film was going to be about. That, that would be an interesting, intricately well-guessed plot if you had managed to work out what that was. Well, spoiler alert, <laughs> guess what? Here we go, another two hours of you explaining what you thought the plot was. Yeah. To the whole film. Guess what? I absolutely nailed it. Okay. No, I no. didn't. <laughs> okay, so I, I would just like to preface this, all right? I think it's pretty difficult to get what you think The Godfather is going to be about wrong because it's so synonymous. Yeah, I think if I was writing down what I thought it was going to be about, if I'd never seen yeah. it, it would just be the mafia. <laughs> you could just put, it's about the mob. Well, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. And you and would you'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. But I obviously tried to be a little bit more exact with it okay, than right. that. So I have put that The Godfather is about following the Corleone family in a power struggle to control the mafia while also protecting their family from getting whacked or <laughs> sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> and they actually did say that at one point as well. Yeah. Which I found out is actually not a euphemism or innuendo, sleeping with the fishes. It's not about sleeping with fishes. It's a metaphor for being dead because they've been chucked into a river. I thought it was a euphemism. It's not. 
you're unusual. Okay. But there we go. <laughs> I've also put on my notes here that it's not The Godfather, it's Mario Puzo's The Godfather. Yeah, that's what the book calls as well, I think. Right. So, I mean, it's only ever referred to as The Godfather, but oh, yeah, I think yeah. its full title is well. Mario Puzo's The Godfather. <laughs> well, maybe. Because what was the story you told me about Mario Puzo? About... Yeah, that's the best. That's the best. It's not really a story. It's not very long, but it is the best. After Reed co-written the screenplay with the director, Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola. How do you say his name? Coppola. 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 Yeah. Apollini. <laughs> after, after he'd... I've got a note about her later on as well. But I'm not yeah, gonna, I bet you have. But I'm not going to bother making the joke just yet. Right. I'll leave that one there because you're in the middle of telling something good. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, after he co-wrote the screenplay, which was really good, that they got him to pretty much write the screenplay to the film of the book that he wrote. Right. Which is probably why it was so well done. Of course, because he, he understood it. Been able to extract the most important parts and put them into yeah. film, and he knew what would work. So that right. was really good. So after he'd done the first Godfather and he did that screenplay, he thought, "I'm going to learn about this and I'm going to get right." Because I think he maybe he thought that it was quite difficult. He wasn't really sure. And he wanted to learn more about it. So he yeah. picked up a book about how to write screenplays. And the first line was, watch The Godfather. <laughs> because it's the perfect screenplay. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll just throw that book away and just get on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not really sure about this whole screenwriting thing. Maybe like if I'm going to do another screenplay, I should really hone my craft. I should really learn some more tips, some more tricks, some more ways of getting things right oh no wait no i don't need to no i nailed <laughs> I it, it first go excellent <laughs> he has said that like a lot of the not a lot but there was some of the the kind of the clever parts were also down to francis ford coppola so i mean like he wanted to have the head of the horse on the bedpost right that's what it was in the book when he wrote it right but can I call him FFC? Is that FFC. too familiar? Old FFC. <laughs> I can't be bothered to say know what? every single time. <laughs> this is the furthest back we've gone in the Wayback Machine. We're going all the way back to 1972 to watch The when Godfather. When was Saturday Night Fever? Like all right. 77? Yeah, track. it was. Okay, so, so, this not, is the, so it's not hugely far This back. is the furthest back that we've gone. This is This is why we're doing this for our one year anniversary episode because this is like one of the classics to end all classics okay so at this point after the film being out for this long yes i think you can call him (laughs) ffc okay (laughs) i think he'll be okay with it all right okay that's fine then well who cares anyway Um, he does probably a little bit but i don't think he'll mind he is 82 years old oh, so and he is dead. still alive. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, well, he, he won't know anyway. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so FFC. <laughs> um, then Mr. Coppola no, is fine. No, because that's the part that I can't say. Francis. Francis. We'll go Francis with Francis. Ford. Quite like that. So Francis Ford gave him then the idea and the notes to put him in the bed instead. So then that's how the, you know, the horse and right. the bed thing came about and it was a real horse head as well it was a real it horse was a real head. horse head they put in the bed in the film it was oh. real yep. right okay because that explains <gasps> why there was a lot of controversy on the set about yeah because they got it from a slaughterhouse right they didn't kill it particularly for the film though 
I don't know. It was just something was they kind of happened to come across, <laughs> and it had already happened for some right. Reason. I mean, right. I, I would guess they didn't do it for the film, but I don't really know. Maybe they did. I wouldn't have thought they did, I but I would. It was the seventies. Imagine that they would have sent someone out to some kind they of brought it in from slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse yeah. or something, and gone, hey look, you're just going to throw this away anyway. Can mm. we purchase this off you for the sake of using it? <laughs> I'm just going to throw this away. Well, I mean, <laughs> are they going to keep it? I don't think so, you know? But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's how they made films in the 70s by using actual things. Like, they wouldn't have had someone come in, make a fake horse head oh, no, I suppose for that they scene, really. when actually... It's probably cheaper and easier to get a real one. But <laughs> afterwards, they were stank. dealing with all of the controversy of having used a real horse. Right, yeah. I so, didn't really know about that. Yeah, a little bit of a shame. But these are the things we learn. But yeah, it just surprised me that Mario Puzo wanted to learn more about screenwriting and then you told me that he... Yeah, because I think he thought, oh, yeah. I, like, I'm just some guy who wrote a book. He didn't actually even think that The Godfather was his best book. He thought that that was just something that he'd done and it was going to go... Not that it was sure. going to go nowhere, but he thought that all of the ones that he'd done before that was better. Sure. So maybe when he was doing the screenwriting thing, he thought, oh, I'm not really very good at this, actually. <laughs> he wanted to learn more about it or he found it hard I don't know but he didn't need to learn any more about it turns out he was done nailed it yeah nailed it he was done and we always got taught in screenwriting and in film I can't believe that they didn't give you this on purpose as a perfect example of how to write a screenplay well this is exactly is just... what I'm getting at because the the example that they used continually as an example of a perfect script and saying, this film, if you want to know what a perfect script is, it's this film, was Casablanca. Right. And I said, like, Casablanca is pretty much the perfect movie. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, <laughs> well, is it? Because, okay, Casablanca has flawed characters. It shows a lot of character development throughout the film. Yes, it's tense. Yes, everyone sees it as a real classic movie is it's highly highly referenced in things people immediately know that scene in Casablanca as it being a classic movie but I was like is it a perfect movie I've never seen it well this is the thing <laughs> again I can't agree or disagree with you yeah exactly I haven't seen Casablanca either because they were ramming it at us oh, so much that I it was like such a it. perfect film well there was a screening of it I couldn't oh, okay, make man. it. Oh, oh <laughs> couldn't make it, quote unquote. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Winky. I had other things. I had other things happening. I couldn't make it. But I was there thinking, is it a perfect movie? Because from what I've read about it, it doesn't seem like it's well, a we perfect have to watch script. It then. We have to watch yeah. it then. Well, obviously we do. Yeah. Yes. Silly. Maybe that'll be year two anniversary. <laughs> no, I'm not waiting a whole year. Here's, here's to one more year. <laughs> Yeah! Come on, people. Let's keep it going. We get one more year out of it. You can have Casablanca as your reward. There we go. But wow, yeah. What an incentive. <laughs> what an incentive. I know. <laughs> but, you know, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we will. Maybe. Hopefully. 
Hopefully we will. <laughs> I want to do 10 more years of this. I don't think okay. there's enough films to do. No, there but isn't. No, there isn't. <laughs> we'll run out of films that we have and haven't seen by that point. We'll just be re-watching films like from the start. We'll have to do all of Karate Kid again. Uh, oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. We'll just make a Karate Kid podcast. <laughs> when it comes to Clue, we'll just lose that one. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, that's a no. Well, skip over Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. So, um, yeah. from what I understand, The Godfather is... The, the Godfather and The Godfather Part 2 right. are based on Mario Puzo's book. Yes. The Godfather. Yes. The third Godfather movie yeah. is not based on anything. No. Because um, the third one's a prequel. It's not based on anything that he wrote. Yeah, because it doesn't... Al Pacino play Vito, a young Vito Corleone. That's number Isn't two. That, that's number, number two. Number two, Robert De Niro plays a young Vito Corleone. Right, Al Pacino, okay. Al Pacino is the, the man It's still in the... Michael Corleone. Yeah. Right, okay, that's in where I was going three, wrong in my head. he's an older head. guy. Al Pacino's an older guy. That's right. That's where I was going wrong in my head. That's and... based on kind of semi-true events that were happening at the time or something. I'm not really sure about number yeah. three. I don't know. I'm not really interested in that. But also... Number three came out 16 years after yeah, really Godfather time. Part 2. And Godfather Part 2 only came out two years after this one. Well, yeah, because they'd already written all the book for that and everything. Yeah. And that was all just ready to go. Because I think the second one is based on the part of the book where they talk about his family's heritage, him growing up. Yeah. his past life how he got to where he is how he got to be the godfather how he got to be in charge of the oil company and all that sort of stuff right um so that's kind of interesting i think i think that one would still be really good and i've actually heard that number two is a lot of everyone's favorite everyone thinks that number two is the best this is the thing and this is another argument in mm. film that keeps coming back again and again and again yeah. and i have no input on this subject when it comes down to it but it is usually said that any sequel that happens is inferior to the original. Right. With some select few mm-hmm. exceptions. So this one. Aliens <laughs> oh, being right, one okay. of them. Right, yeah. I kind of think that, that, that Aliens is an entirely different genre from Aliens, so can't really be compared. But, yes, I do agree. Aliens is a much better watch. Okay. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. (laughs) Easily, easily a far superior movie to Terminator. Okay. 100%. Totally agree with that. I don't think I've seen the second one of that. Godfather, but you haven't seen Terminator 2, Judgment Day? I think so. Unless it's number two that I've seen and I haven't seen the first one. I think that might be what you're thinking (laughs) of. Because we saw the guy who played the (laughs) T-1000... London Film and Comic Con and you tried to snap a picture of him and he looked directly into the lens of your camera. I should put that on our Instagram actually. That's going to go up on our Instagram. (laughs) It has absolutely nothing to do with The Godfather but it's going up on our Instagram anyway. 100%. And Godfather Part 2. Godfather Part 2 is widely recognised as being a far superior sequel. And it's one of these kind of exceptions that proves the rule. Yeah, you know? I would be interested in watching number two for definite. Well, um, the but reason... not really number three, though. Maybe not, maybe not. Well, the reason that it's taken me so long to get round to watching Godfather, the reasons are multiple and 
equally valid as one another, which is to say, probably not that valid at all. <laughs> but all of the reasons are equally as valid as each other, but they're all just like not, not that valid. I yeah. don't. I kind of imagined that you like mob films weren't exactly your area, like not really a thing that you would really like. They weren't. They're not. They're still not. Goodfellas. I watched all of Goodfellas. Though, because this is supposed to be the one thing that's like, this is yeah. the film. You don't need to watch any other mob film or any other ma- film no. about the mafia. You don't need no. to, because this is it. This is the one. No. This is the thing. I, I did watch Goodfellas because I had to study Goodfellas for one of our, um, one of our segments of college. Right. right. So I had to study Goodfellas. Now, Goodfellas little bit of a slog is it long it is long okay when they first brought out dvds <laughs> yeah goodfellas was one of the ones that you had to flip over <laughs> halfway through all right yeah it was that and it was titanic <laughs> that uh, you had to flip over yeah, halfway yeah. through so i was like <laughs> all right goodfellas little bit long let's just cut to the chase so i have seen goodfellas but after that i was like mm, mob movies i don't know they're just they always seem like such an effort to sit through and, and get to the point. And yeah. Godfather was no exception because Godfather is two hours and 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not a sprint by any no. stretch of the imagination. It is a marathon. And also, I have known people in my life who have been so obsessed with The Godfather and so oh, this is brilliant, oh, this is, like, a perfect thing, <laughs> to the extent that it actively put me off of watching it. Maybe you should listen to them people sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, I have now. Because in this, in this instance, it was probably right. I mean, there's no going back at this point. I have watched it now. I don't... I didn't feel like I sat there for almost three hours and watched that film. I sit sometimes no. and watch a film for an hour and a half and I get to about 20 minutes in and go, oh, surely it must be nearly finished now. <laughs> I feel like I've been sat there for a really long time and it doesn't really matter what it is. And I just go, surely surely this is nearly done now. Name one. It's been an hour, hasn't it? Which one? Just a lot. What's that one with Sylvester Stallone that we watched? Demolition Man? Yes, that one. What? 20 minutes into Demolition Man and you were bored? No way. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. No, literally, literally <laughs> all films. No, not all films. But there are there there are a lot of films where I go, oh, this is this is long. Right. And it's half an hour in. <laughs> it's half an hour in. Yeah, um, they're only just cutting to the like chase this. at yeah, half yeah, an hour yeah, point. Yeah. And you're like oh, God, we should have been at this point way before this. Yeah. <laughs> Cut all that other stuff out. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because I knew what was coming, so I was quite excited. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this part. And oh, I can't wait to see that part. Right. That might have helped. But, yeah, I just thought its pace was really good. It didn't. They didn't sit around for a really long time discussing where things were going to go, talking about tactics. You know, you see them sitting around talking about those types of things for a little, like a small amount, and long, like long enough for you to kind of grasp, oh, well, he's going to be knocked off. But right. it wasn't really long and drawn out conversations about who's going to go where and no, what plans no. we're going to put in place. And, oh, we're arguing over the fact that that man should be there and this man should be here. So you have to watch the whole argument about it. Like, it's not it's right. not that. No. It's the bits at the beginning with the three guys that 
try and get a favour out of him because it's his yeah. wedding. Though that's probably the longest time that he spends talking with people, really. Yeah, that's very talky and very expositiony, but it's done in a way. I really like it. I that really like that though. Does does lend itself to a decent amount of gravitas, which I, I really, really like. Liked it. One thing I will say, I don't know if I'm surprised by this fact. But yes, I am surprised by what I'm about to say. That actually, there is no part of the entire film of Godfather where I didn't think this is important. Yeah. Every part of the Godfather yeah, yeah. seemed important. Yeah, yeah. It was. There was not one moment that was going by where I was like, right, this seems oh, like it's going <laughs> to... Yeah. This this doesn't seem like it needed to be in here. This bit doesn't seem like it needed. No, none of that. There's I don't think there's any scene in this film that I would go that could have been cut for time. Yeah. And no, I'm no, no, really this surprised. Is what I'm That's that, that. how it's it works when you work closely with the person that wrote it in the first place. Yeah. Because they really know what parts need to be kept. Yeah. And they can get rid of all the rest of it. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised because I thought for a two hour and 43 minute film there's going to be a lot yeah, of points in this that doesn't need to be there yeah there's going to be a lot of points in this where there's going to be a lot of talking around a table there's going to be a lot of like business deals it's just going to be like stuff that could have happened off camera you yeah, know yeah stuff that only would have needed one line of exposition from someone else to go oh this happened yeah but then that does happen you do get the lines of exposition from someone saying this family is making a move on this yeah oh what are we gonna do yeah yeah you know so, so, you, quick. so you haven't seen all of that happen exactly it's done already right yeah so that actually really surprised me and to say that i was on the edge of my seat the entire time might be taking it too far yeah well yeah but i was into it the whole time yeah i was into it we interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird gift baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customisable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber... They can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Reviewcher sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So I do have some things that I've written down, though. Okay. <laughs> um... One of the things, one of the other things that surprised me the most 
about this film and it's only really small but I just didn't expect it <laughs> but one of the most famous scenes and the most quoted and most referenced part of the film happens right in the first 10 minutes yep and then barely ever happens again how I had I thought that part was like way into it like halfway through it or something maybe that's the reason why it's <laughs> maybe that's the reason why it's so famous because half of the audience realized it was two and a half hours long watched the first 10 minutes and then went oh I'll just pretend that I've seen it and keep quoting that part because sure I've seen have, I've seen the I'm first sure bit that now would have, um, been been yeah. like, mentioned again <laughs> I've seen the bit that got Marlon Brando his Oscar yeah exactly yeah that's probably why yeah I've seen that bit now I mean I don't know why that bit was so iconic and that's the bit that people really took hold of and they just go I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse because it's just like that's just yeah his whole character in one line yeah that's all you need to know about him that's Uh, that's literally his whole life in one line and it sets everything up for him as a character him going you come to me on the day my daughter's marriage yeah. and you asked me to do this yeah. I cannot do this so it surprised me that that was like the first thing to happen in the film and like the rest of the film Marlon Brando's just at craft services eating steak and cake <laughs> you know or he was in, in the, the hospital <laughs> he got shot in the back five times he actually lost weight oh convenient <laughs> yeah right something that I don't know if it annoyed me about the film but it was something that was stressing me out for a little while is that i didn't have a time placement of the film for ages oh, no, you kept saying was there a timestamp on this yeah Did they say about a time stamp? no why do you need to know why I was like, I was like, when I was like trying to get a grasp on like the exact know, time because I just wanted to know what point of technology we were working with because right. you said the book came out in 1969. Yes, and I didn't realize that it was just a given that this film took place right after World War Two, right at 1945. Yeah, I think it was just... I mean, I wasn't really aware. I couldn't really remember. Um, I, but I thought that it was around the 40s sometime. Because I thought that's when, like, organised crime was kind of, like, <laughs> going into the big time. Well, yeah. No, I know I what you mean. What, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Off, yeah. And this is another thing that maybe I wasn't into the idea of watching Godfather 4. Because technically... This is also a period piece. Well, not really. I mean, it kind of a is. Period. It is kind of a, the the period of the forties. I thought period was like Regency and Victorian. <laughs> well, yeah, but you would also say that the Great Gatsby was a period piece, yeah, the right? 20s. Yeah. Oh, so twenty years well, later, know. and it's no, not I a period don't, I don't, piece. I don't think I would call that a period piece. No. Would you not? No, not uh, me. Not me particularly. All right. No. Okay. Well, I kind of thought of it as a period piece. Like, it's like, okay, all right. I'm watching a bunch of old white men talk business. Yeah, but there's no, like, cultural reference to the time or anything. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. There is a cultural reference to the time because you pointed out that the sign in Los, in Los Angeles oh, right. still says Hollywood land. I meant they don't talk in ways that you go, what are they going on about? I, don't, I wasn't right. born in the 1940s, I don't know. No. You know, that type of thing. It doesn't yeah. alienate you if you don't know anything about the 40s. But the fact that it says Hollywood land on the sign I only know, you can't does really place tell, it in history. I only noticed because 
when, when I saw the blurry mountains in the background, it just looked really long. That was all. And I thought, oh, it's obviously still got the land bit on the end. But that's a really good point to notice, though, because it places it in time pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I suppose. So. Yeah, because otherwise they're kind of in New York and it still looks like that now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. still look like that now. This is what I'm saying. Other than the cars that they're driving. The yeah, it would have been the cars. Yeah, but those, they had those cars well into like the well, know, 50s really. and I've 60s no in New York. Maybe, so yeah. I was like, oh, well, like what year actually? So it didn't matter, but it did stress me out. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what year it was. <laughs> But it's, again, that's only a small thing, really. What was happening with Diane Keaton's hairline? Yeah, that was weird. Diane Keaton, I know you're <laughs> probably not hair, listening. The whole hair thing was a bit odd with her, wasn't it? It was just a weird yeah, hairstyle choice to frame her face because it made her forehead look <laughs> super high. <laughs> but I do also think that this is probably the best Al Pacino has ever looked. I barely yeah, actually recognise And this is what I said right when we were watching it because it took me a second to register. Oh, duh. Yeah. That's Al Pacino. It is Al Pacino. Of course it is. I did know he was in this film, but it took me a second to register that it was actually him uh, that I was watching because he now... <laughs> Looks like an entirely different person. Yeah, he's old. Well, yeah, but it's it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> getting old. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, and looks De Niro exactly the looks same. Yeah, looks the same now as he did then. Right, well. exactly. And Arnold Schwarzenegger looks exactly yeah, the same. And Clint Eastwood looks pretty much exactly the same. Oh, yeah. He Al Pacino he look looks different. like an entirely different person to how he looks in this. You'd recognise him in the third one because they've aged him. Yes. Slightly more than what he would have aged. Yeah then um and you'd probably think oh yeah he looks more like how i recognize him now yeah absolutely he's, he's slightly larger now as well maybe i think so so his face has got a different shape to it i think so and this is also before he did scarface which is one of his most recognizable roles mm. as well so i think after doing this and going on to scarface that's got a bit ahead of himself I don't yeah know. maybe maybe scarface <laughs> aged him i don't know I want, yeah yeah, but also, what, uh, how ripped was James Kahn? I don't really know. I didn't notice that. I didn't ever think of James Kahn. His Kahn's. arms were quite big, I suppose. Yeah. But I thought, yeah. But obviously he's made out in this film to be the yeah, son the who's muscle. a bit of a brawler, bit yeah, of a, bit the, the muscle. muscle. But I didn't ever imagine James Kahn as being <laughs> someone who was like that ripped <laughs> on screen. Apparently he is quite hot-headed as well in real life and i don't know if it was elf <laughs> was it I'm i not think sure it was if it was elf. i think it was yes because we watched the program yeah. that was talking about how they made it and why they wanted to do it that way and all that sort of stuff yeah and they were saying that they got james khan in and they were surprised that they even got him there because he was so huge yeah because of you know godfather and everything. yeah 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 yes because it's and the then... scene where he's yeah in the middle of the stairwell yes. and he's asking and he's saying to buddy the elf what do you want and yeah, the director and said to him, him the director said really to him yeah because he said don't be your character in this film be, be sunny corleone <laughs> and he grabs him <laughs> yeah, because, but then yeah. they, they kind of said that he was he did act a little bit not grouchy but just a little bit kind of he was tolerating being there yeah and he was tolerating them he wasn't 
loving being there. No. And I think Will Farrell was really annoying him. And then when the director said to him, go full Sonny Corleone, that yeah. was like, oh, yeah, okay, good. Let loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Finally. Was probably, that was probably the only part of the film he enjoyed. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's only, he's one of these people that's only happy when he's miserable. Yeah, you can't imagine, though, because I feel like his character in that film was actually kind of his character in yeah. real life, like his personality in real life. Yeah. And so when I see him making those faces and being all mean, yeah. I thought, yeah, I bet that's what he's like. And you know what? I'm sure that that's probably... Not the case. No, it is. And I'm I sure that James Caan's actually probably quite a nice person once you get to know. But not. I have no evidence No, I'm that. not saying that he's a bad person. No. I just think that he's just tolerates. That's it. Yeah, I'm just saying, James Caan, <laughs> maybe get in touch with us. Maybe settle this debate. Like, are you someone who just, like, tolerates people? I would actually or... love that. <laughs> Anyone... I, feel, I feel like he's quite intimidating and I would enjoy it. Look, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a year <laughs> we have yet to have a celebrity appearance yeah, okay I've, other than actually okay so i mean there have been reasons number one is that i haven't approached anybody so they don't even know right number two well you know they all do have kind of an excuse because covid sure so the pandemic has really helped us out <laughs> yeah exactly but also the reason why we haven't had anybody on is because of the pandemic. So let's just forget about that. But there's this wonderful thing called the internet. And I'm just saying, he could get into it. He could write a letter. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. The only celebrity appearances that we've actually had on this podcast have been done by me. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, yeah, well, by the time that we had... John Travolta turn up. Yeah, Nicholas Yeah, Cage. and Nicholas Cage, Cage was, was here. here. Do you, remember, do you remember that time that Sly Stallone popped in? No. That was cool. No, I don't. He was nice. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did notice and it <laughs> and it did make me laugh that when his sister is wrecking up the dining room and the kitchen <laughs> and everything. That. I love that. It's so a funny. great scene. It's so funny. It's a I great think scene. I that she was probably I don't want to be negative a, a negative Nancy, but I think she was probably the worst one out of all of them. As far as acting really goes. Yeah, yeah really that, like her and I was going to say earlier, when I was saying that there's not one scene that I would cut from the film, I was also going to say, I don't think there is one performance that isn't spot on yeah. in this film. Yeah. And then I thought, mm, but is there? Um, she's not bad, though, <laughs> she's, not bad. she's supposed to be this hysterical woman. Yeah. So that part's fine. But I just it, think that... That's her, that's her wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, I just think that the scene that she was doing with Michael when she realised that he had killed her husband already. Yeah. Um, I think that could have been. I think that would have been better and more hard hitting if it was done by a stronger actress. Cause yeah. I, think, I don't think it came across very well. Yeah. I just think it was a bit. Oh, she's. She also <laughs> makes for a very very skinny pregnant woman. As well, which I was, I was like that. She had the front bump. She was yeah. super skinny though. I was like, the proportions on this are a little bit weird. I don't really know what's happening. I mean, sometimes that happens. But I did think that this kitchen destruction and uh, dining room <laughs> yeah, destruction yeah. scene. I was like, that. You better hope that they got that on the first take because there is no resetting <laughs> that scene. They are done for the day no, after she had to that clean one. Up. He told her. <laughs> I was like. Let's hope that this was a one and done scene because that's a lot of destruction. We've gone through a lot so of plates. Funny though. I just feel like they kind of said, yeah, there's loads of breakable stuff in here and we've done that on purpose. Whatever you can get your hands on, just chuck it. 
Yeah, just go. And she just literally went for it. And like she realized, Go hog wild. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like, she got into that room and realized that there was actually loads of stuff on top of the cabinet as well. I'm going to get that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he trying to pull her away. She's like, no, I haven't smashed this yet. <laughs> Let me get to it. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, they, they must have done that in one take, which I was amazed at. But I was yeah. like, there's no coming back from that. that once that scene's done, you can't redo done, that yeah. one. The only other thing I put down is that Apollonia, while she is obviously obviously a nice lady, it does sound like what they were also making in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Apollonia is, is a chicken dish. You want chicken Apollonia? <laughs> you put the apple and the onion up the chicken, you have chicken Apollonia. No, why? <laughs> Too far. Too far. Not far enough. Apple and onion in chicken sounds Not brilliant. Not far enough. You've really got to get the apple and onion up there, is what I'm saying. That's disgusting. When you think the apple and the onion are in the chicken, you've got to keep them going. Otherwise, they don't cook right. So, So, I think it should be time for, and I wasn't going to do it, but I do feel. Are you going to cheapen this experience? I don't know if I should. I was going to do some Godfather trivia time. Oh. It better be good. This is what I'm thinking. I don't want subpar trivia no, for, this is, for a prestigious film. I do have a couple of ones that are pretty good. I already good. gave a bit of trivia. Yeah, you did. I did get and a theme tune for my trivia, though, did I? Well, was it official trivia? What do you mean, was it official trivia? Are you counting it as official Godfather trivia time? What does that mean? Well, did you announce <laughs> it before doing it? I didn't announce it, but you said you've got a story to tell. Well, yeah, that's a that's okay. A, okay, it's not trivia; it's a story, but it's not yeah, really a story. Yeah, there we go. It's not very long. It's a true story. It's, just, it's a short tale. <laughs> yeah, a short tale. A little bit of Godfather, and I'll keep it good. Yeah, right? really good. This How because many have you got. I've only got like one or two. Right. Okay. Yeah, two. because I was I was like I, I don't know if I should for yeah. a film that's this good. Yeah. But I figured that if I can find trivia that matches how good it is, okay, right, maybe well, that will enhance it. Now I've so got you say, yeah, all right. So, Godfather trivia time. Do, 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 do. No, Marlon, you, you have to do it in the way of like the. It's just Spanish guitar. Oh, Span- Spanish. Well, I don't know, some sort of <laughs> guitar. It's a sitar, probably. Sitar? Yeah. I don't know. It's something... That's a, <laughs> it's a stringed instrument that goes twang. It's got to be Italian. I don't think there is such a thing as Italian guitar. I don't know. No, but that's what I'm... Uh, that's, well, I suppose it could be Spanish guitar. Yeah, probably. I'm going to find out. Okay, how are you going to find out? What are you ser- Are you searching what instrument makes the noise in The Godfather? <laughs> Oboe, accordion, mandolin. Oh, a mandolin. Yeah, a mandolin would do it. Yeah, there we go. The trumpet solo is skipped and he uses an oboe. Who's doing this trivia time? Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's a whole other bit of trivia there. Yeah, that's rubbish trivia. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Marlon Brando wanted to make Don Corleone look like a bulldog. So he stuffed his cheeks with cotton wool for the audition. For the actual filming... He wore a mouthpiece made by a dentist. This appliance is on display in the American Museum of Moving Image in <gasps> Queens, New York. I want to go there. How cool I is that? Didn't I tell you it was good trivia? They could clone him from that. 
Oh my god! <laughs> and the clone they would immediately go to the craft services it. table for cake. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't him. That's not what he looked like, really. That no, I me. know, I know, I know. Did he get really fat at the end, though? He did, didn't he? He did towards that was the drugs, end, though. Not food. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, it was a little bit of both. Yeah, I, probably. I did hear that he quite liked to eat. Yeah, probably. But I mean, is that such a crime? <laughs> it's not a crime. I'm just saying, you know, when you go from streetcar named Desire, yeah, right. you know. <laughs> To... It's called aging. Well, yeah, there is that as well. With money and drugs. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, after winning best actor at the Oscars for mm. this, yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. There is another one which I quite liked. Excellent timing there. I can't I love remember it. what it sounds like. <laughs> I would like the people that are listening to vote in with who can do a better impression <laughs> of a mandolin. Like a really old Nokia ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us sounds more like a mandolin? It's all I'm asking. Vote Amber, vote Drew. You can use a hashtag if you want. I'll be happy with this. I'm going to make up a lot of fake accounts to vote. There for. we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really want to sound more like a mandolin than I do. You know what? I'll let you have it if you want it that <laughs> no, bad. No, so, okay, can't, can't all right, let okay. Me have it. I've Gotta got win it. it fair and square. Okay, that's fair enough. During an early shot of the scene where Vito Corleone returns home and his people carrying carry him up the stairs, Marlon Brando put weights under his body on the bed as a prank to make it harder to lift him. <gasps> That cheeky, cheeky Marlon Brando getting up to his old shenanigans. No, but oh, Marlon! It didn't look like they. Sh- it didn't look like they struggled, though, did it? I actually thought. Yeah. I wondered when I was watching it actually if he was really in the bed, even in there, because it looked like they just went up. Oh, Effortlessly lifted him right up. <laughs> so yeah, were you surprised when you saw the part where he got shot quite a lot? Did you think that was going to be it? Do you know what? There were some moments that happened in this film where I did legitimately sit there and go, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Because I didn't... Okay, so, yes, I did subconsciously know that Vito Corleone got shot at some point. Yes, right, yeah. I did know that. Because it is a famous scene where that happens. Because oh, okay. he's at the fruit market. Oh, it's okay. A, I didn't know that. That's a relatively famous scene. I didn't know that it happened that early so in the film. Yeah. And that quickly. So when it did happen, I was like, my brain registered and went, Oh, oh my God, this is the scene. Oh my God, it's only like half an hour in. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah. So when that happened. And when... Sonny Corleone got shot. Yeah, because I never thought that that was going to happen. No. And all of a sudden, when the car stops moving in front of him, I'm like, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. And then the guy, like, drops a coin, bends down to pick it, and then closes the door. As soon as he closes the door, (laughs) I went, Uh oh, "Oh, no, wait. No, no. No, no, wait. Wait. Some... Oh. Oh. So, yeah, that really took me... By surprise, because I didn't. I thought that 
Sonny Corleone was gonna be going for a lot longer because I yeah. thought there was gonna be more from him well, later he was on. Been ruining it, he was doing a terrible job. Well, yeah, but but this is what I thought. I thought it was gonna be a case of needing him there to get Michael Corleone back, and obviously I uh, knew okay. that by the end, Michael Corleone became yeah, and I know, really like that because it's not the obvious choice. Sonny really wanted to take over the business because he was just so angry and wanted everybody dead all the time and he, he wanted to be important and the big guy, you know, and he wanted to take over. Sure. But he didn't have... He just didn't have it. No. He didn't have the right brain for it. No. And Michael was never going to be the one that was going to take it over. He was like the celebrated war hero that was going to make a nice life for himself yeah. and have children and family yeah, yeah, and yeah. a wife and be nice to be the good boy. Yeah. And then he was the one that took it don't ask me about my business. Yeah, and he he was the best one for the job. He was good. It was a surprise. Yeah. And this is, I think, another thing about The Godfather that kind of didn't put me off of watching it, but I was sort of like, oh, there's all of this surrounding The Godfather. And it's, it's like a big thing that The Godfather is synonymous with machismo in that, a way. That's what it's like, though. It is. Especially then as well. It's like, it's seen as this weird, like, pseudo-manly man's film. And I was like... Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Right. I thought you meant, like, the actual story in the film was... Well, yeah. Yes, it is. But then, by proxy, in addition to that, it's synonymous with being, like, a manly man's film. Oh, okay. And I I couldn't get my head around the reason why. No, well, I don't know why. Other than the fact that it's, like, a majoritively male cast. Well, just because you see men killing each other, basically. Is that it? (laughs) Well, I guess. I guess. But I don't know. But... It is a really, really good film. And I get it now. Like, I do get it. I don't think of it now as being a super manly movie. I don't feel any more no, manly ma- no for having or... watched no. it. No, no. no. But I do feel that my film education is has gone from, like, 90% complete... To like ninety eight percent complete okay, now, that, uh, you wow, know. That's cocky. No, but I mean, I'm saying <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is like, well, I know no, I it know, is I a know, little bit cocky, but I do feel like there's such a significant chunk of film yeah. history knowledge that was missing yeah. by not experiencing the godfather and particularly how many things reference the godfather even in subtle ways oh my god the amount of simpsons references that there have been to the godfather even with fat tony the whole of fat tony there's actually one whole episode of the simpsons where fat tony's son ends up taking it and it's just just it's all of the plot of godfather in 20 minutes i just realized I don't know, this isn't... Joey Tribbiani, Matt LeBlanc, in that Friends reunion, was Fat Tony when he was sitting there like... <laughs> they're wearing the same... They've got the same clothes. They're they wearing do. the same clothes. They do. <laughs> anyway. Um, I love the way they all died as well. Every time one of them got shot or punched or something, they all went down like in this really long drawn out oh, dramatic yeah, they really and loved that was like dying. Tribbiani-esque 
like dying style of like I'm taking up 10 minutes of screen time just trying to get my death done yeah I mean they 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 loved a good falling down that was great and that one <laughs> that, that one crazy. fight scene that James Khan had with the guy and James yeah. Khan is proper giving it the beans yeah, to this guy but he can't be seen to hit him back though he can't no but the other guy it doesn't seem to react to getting hit by no, him he's just in any... no but i mean it doesn't look like he's physically getting hit by well, yeah, him because it's like, how embarrassing but i mean <laughs> james khan up. is proper proper giving yeah, it to him and that's some of the best on-screen fighting I think I've seen from any film of the 70s probably even from Rocky as well I'll admit that one bit with James Caan really really hit home I love how like when the guy grabbed the bar to try and hold himself up he bites his hand hand. and it looked like he proper actually bit him as well yeah he probably did this is what I'm saying I just all He's I'm saying is, I just think we need to just I just want five minutes <laughs> with James five actually... minutes is all I would need to figure out if James Khan is actually just like that I think he'd actually really like me I think he would and <laughs> grumpy old men seem to like me I don't know why right that's worrying but that's something we'll talk about <laughs> another time okay like well that. that's good I think I think that I would be like Will Ferrell to him. I think five minutes (laughs) in a room with me and James Caan would just grab me (laughs) by the shirt and just shake me and just go, will you ever shut up? (laughs) And then like drop me back down and walk out the room. That would be amazing. And then for the rest of my life, I'd be able to tell the story to friends, family, loved ones. I once got picked up and shaken by James Carr. Oh, you were going to say lovers then. I don't know what. <laughs> I could tell <That's>... lovers. <laughs> no. I, why would... I mean, okay, I it's an impressive story. It is an impressive story. But it's not that impressive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just being able, being able to say, I got picked up and shaken by James <laughs> Khan. That is a good story. So I'm just saying, Mr. Khan, if you do... Get so far as to reach this episode of the podcast. Uh, well done on making it this far. Just five minutes with you. It's all we ask. It's not. It's not much. Five minutes out of your day. I realise there's time differences, but we'll organise it. It's all we need. It's all we need. Five minutes of your time. I don't think that's too much to ask. I've I've just given you uh, two hours and forty three minutes of my time. So <laughs> that was your choice, though. It was. It was. He doesn't have a choice in this either. There we go. Seeing um, one part of this film made me remember what I had read today as well. Okay. Um, It was on social media and somebody had said that the best non-traditional Christmas film was Batman... Batman Returns. Probably, yeah. Yeah. The Christmas one. Yeah. And I thought... Batman Returns. actually started a whole thing of this non-traditional... I'd never heard anybody using that phrase before non-traditional it's all just christmas been films people arguing whether this die hard is a christmas movie yeah yeah or not because it's centered in christmas time but it's not about christmas or is it a christmas film sure. so they kind of just started this non-traditional christmas film which i like sure um so now this is going to be a non-traditional christmas film 
Because there is a moment where it's Christmas in it. Yeah. It's part of it happened at Christmas. <laughs> there's a Christmas song and there's Christmas decorations and there's Christmas yeah. lights outside the hospital. Uh-huh. There's Christmas stuff. So this is a non-traditional Christmas film and there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll allow it. I don't know. If um, you want to sit it's New for... York, but there wasn't a lot of snow, which is unusual. No. Because there's really snow in New York normally. Yeah. Maybe anyway. that's just changing of climate who knows oh global yeah there we go but i mean if you want to sit for two hours and 45 minutes on christmas day and watch the godfather i i wouldn't mind yeah i don't like christmas films that much i haven't really found one that i've actually really enjoyed apart from elf but But that's because it's hilarious yeah and here's the thing about christmas movies they're all about the build-up to christmas you watch christmas movies to get you in the mood for Christmas, and then on Christmas, you you're like singing in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> on on Christmas Day and afterwards, you're like, well, I don't really want to watch Christmas movies now because we're we're living Christmas <laughs> yeah. now. It's almost done already. And then so what's the point? tomorrow, yeah, it's not going to be, be Christmas over. anymore. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Boxing Day as a way of like winding you out of Christmas. <laughs> so it's got a little bit of Christmas watch in the middle. Of people get annihilated. Yeah. There we go, and it rem- and it makes you remember to value the things that are important in the world, which is your family and the family business. <laughs> and spaghetti. And spaghetti. <laughs> and chicken oh. cacciatore. Oh yeah, she said chicken cacciatore. Chicken cacciatore. I really, I just, I really like this film. I really liked how they fit all of my favourite parts into to it because I was really surprised that they were going to fit everything in. Yeah. There were some parts they left out, but they probably weren't that important. So they kept the important good parts. Because I really I'll, liked it. I'll admit, throughout this podcast episode, I have forgotten a couple of times that you actually hadn't seen the film before because you no, knew no. the book yeah. so well. And, yeah. I, and that, it's to me, was like... Time. I, I kind of forgot that you actually hadn't seen the film as well. Yeah, and so I mean, I don't. I've watched a lot of true crime documentaries, a lot. Sure. But they've never really been about the mafia or about anything like that because I wasn't. I'm not really that interested, to be honest. I know what happens. I don't really right. care. And so I was kind of not naive, but I didn't think, oh wow, they're going to go after his son and they're going to get him. You know, all that type of thing. So those things are still shocking. And they they shocked me. But apparently, one of the biggest Chicago mob bosses at the time of the book's release said that he couldn't understand how it was possible that Mario Puzo didn't have somebody on the inside or had never been involved really? in the mafia before because of how exact it wow. like, portrays their life and their business. Well, here's the thing. And then he got found at the bottom of the ocean. Mario Puzo? No. The oh, right. that said that. Oh. Oh. So here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, maybe there was. No, there wasn't. But maybe no, they're just Mario really Puzo good at covering said, it up. Mario Puzo said, I genuinely have never met a gangster before my life. Wow. His dad was a railroad track layer and is practically illiterate and he That's grew up insane. pretty insane. And I don't know whether he's just good at observing people. He said pretty much all of it was actually just done on research. Right. 
So just because he wrote it in the 60s, he maybe just looked at articles, news articles, everything that was going on in the 40s. Mm. And that's Mm. maybe why he wrote it for a time that was before, so that he could research it because it had already happened. Yeah. Um, And yeah, but nobody could believe that he didn't have an inside guy on the job to tell him all of the secrets and stories because it was so accurate. That's nuts. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, it is a testament to (laughs) how good... The book is, so and there we go. by now addition, you can actually go and live it now. Yeah, you go and stick the gun up the back of the toilet. Right, shiv the guys in the. <laughs> tell the guy to sit behind, to sit in front of you, and if there's somebody sitting behind you in a car that you don't trust, get out. <laughs> I mean, that's been my motto for years, anyway. <laughs> but now I'm going to be extra suspicious but about it. You think it. you can trust them, and yeah. then they organise a car journey, and then get you to sit behind, in front of them. That's the suspicious part. Well, I mean, nip it in the bud and just <laughs> don't piss anyone off. Don't do anything that would piss anyone off. Yeah, don't 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 be, do anything don't that would traitor. make you. Don't yeah, be a traitor, don't do anything that would make someone else want to shoot you. <laughs> Essentially, you never know what that is, is the nowadays, lesson in though. life. You never know what that is. You might just have yeah, the wrong shoes. Yeah, I know. On. Well, yeah. <laughs> Or alternatively, the right shoes, and maybe someone wants them. (laughs) Who knows? You never know. You never know. So I think that we should give our rating on the Godfather. But before we do, do you want one last piece of trivia? Oh, I thought you said it was going to be two. Now the two that I gave you were were pretty awesome. This one is just a nice, like, heartwarming thing to right, end it on. so you're not going to leave it on a high then, are you? Well, no, I am. It, this is a high. This <laughs> right, is a okay, high. Okay, okay. Okay, so, last bit of Godfather trivia time. The cat... <laughs> what? ...held by Marlon Brando in the opening scene was a stray that Coppola found while on the lot of Paramount Pictures and was not originally called for, called for in the script. No, I didn't so think it was. So content was the cat that its purring muffled some of Brando's dialogue and, as a result, most of his lines had to be looped. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of funny because, actually, when I watched him stroking that cat, it was really distracting to get on my nerves. But he, like, he <laughs> as was, cats like, tend to be, the head of it and stroked it, and I was like, "See, that's that cat fine." But obviously, the cat was really quite happy about it. The cat apparently loved to, Brando. <laughs> he knew how he knew how to handle Handles, a cat. Hand, handle a cat. A cat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a hundred percent the line that we were going for. That's then. what I was going to yep, say. Yeah. One hundred percent. No, I mean. He apparently the cat really loved Marlon Brando, oh. so there we I like, go. I actually liked how he died in the end when he was playing with his grandchild, retired. He was like he he died actually quite happy, and yeah. he was doing something really nice and living his life in a normal way. And I think that was really yeah, nice. not like and every other head I'm of the family. So, well, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that that scene was improvised by him because he was just, he was just playing with that child. It just looked like he was just playing with the kid. Yeah, was, and it the, was that good and the that kid natural that didn't it was look just... like he expected it at all. No, he either. Was just, well, he was laughing and then went over and squirted the water. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what oh, did I do? Marlon Brando's wet himself again. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> That kid is forever going to be known as the kid that killed Vito Corleone now. 
<laughs> he's out there somewhere living his life. Of New York. Yeah. <sighs> so, what do we think our final thoughts on The Godfather are? Well, I think it is an impressive film that is right. iconic and it's definitely a classic obviously it is. we're not even here Hun- to dispute that we're not There's even here to talk about absolutely that. we're just here to talk about the fact that we haven't seen it before on our one year anniversary podcast it would be remiss of us to not do something that is so clearly utterly and unarguably a classic yeah. as the god so the fact that this is a classic isn't even a debate what is a debate is how much of a classic? Like, is this indeed the classic to oh, end okay. all classics? Oh, right, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I would have thought that would be a given. I don't know. Right. I haven't really okay. heard of anything that was like the be all and end all of a genre before. No, not it? as much as something like The Godfather um, is. I, I haven't seen a lot of Marlon Brando films, to be honest. This is the second one. <laughs> right. This is the second one. But I don't know if this is going to sound cheesy or corny or whatever. And I haven't dedicated my life to being obsessed with them or anything. So it's not weird. Right. But I genuinely didn't know what a good actor was until I saw him. Okay. Not in this film. I mean, in this film, yes. Oh, right. But in Streetcar Named Desire. Before I actually watched that film, Mm -hmm. I genuinely couldn't pick apart a good performance from a bad performance. I could watch somebody and say... Oh, that wasn't very convincing. Or yeah. that didn't seem right. So yeah. I knew really bad. No, I know. But when people would say to me things like, "Oh, you need to watch this guy. He's such a good Oscar-worthy performance." Yeah, and I'd watch it and I'd yeah. go, "Oh, okay, right. I, I believed him. Yeah, I suppose." And then when I watched Marlon Brando and Shriek, her name Desire, I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> this a good is actor. what people now get I at." Understand. Yeah. And so then when I and then I could kind of recognize it in other people, but I've only ever seen it in like one one or two other people. Like John Travolta, I think, is another person that I can sit and watch and recognize that sure. out of all of the cast, he's probably the best one and he's doing a natural job at it and right. he can do characters in yeah. a natural yeah. way. And like when I watch Marlon Brando even in this film when it was probably so scripted, which it was, we all and it was. Yeah. He still looks like it's just it's just coming out of him. Like yeah, it's just, it's just bizarre, and you can't describe it. But it's just like it's, it's a just natural performance. <laughs> like what I like is the fact that he adds all these extra things on the side. Like you, you don't normally sit and watch an actor and watch him just give his face a scratch, or you know, oh my character would scratch my face there. Yeah, no, the fact that he would have like these famous mannerisms where he like does the upward scratch on his yeah. face, you know, and when like, he's like thinking people, or something. They yeah. act. And they're static, so they're acting and they're holding the glass that they're supposed to be drinking from. So then you know that when they're talking afterwards, they're going to drink or before they've been drinking. But he will act, use the glass, take the glass, take a drink, still act, still be talking, still reading the script. He's just adding things. It's just so natural. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to watch. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree with. And I just saw him walk like when he was at the wedding. It was like. Yeah, you know that he's the Don, kind of, but you can pick him out immediately. Yeah. You just, you're yeah, not yeah. watching anyone else. Because and he of... just walks around and he's like walking through the crowd. The way and he it's not walks. really about him, but then he would like, he'd like patted a kid on the head and he like tapped somebody on the shoulder. No one else was doing that. No. And it's like, everyone else could have been doing that. Yeah. Because, oh, this is my family, this is my wedding. Hi guys, hi, hey, hi, hello. They were just walking. 
but he you know he pats the kid on the head and, and he, he rubs his face and it's like and oh. to an extent it is also the way that people react to him around him but them reacting to someone that didn't act like that would have seemed out of place yeah so the fact that he is doing that and mm. people react to him in that way mm. makes it more genuine so for those that might not know if you are new to this podcast and if you are you have a year's worth of content to catch up on now but don't worry it's not as bad as it seems it's all right it's worth of content yeah i mean it's not going to take you a year to get through it don't worry it took us a year to release it but it won't take you that long Longer to catch back up but not a year yeah 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 i'd agree with that absolutely every episode the person that hasn't seen the film in this case it is both of us although yeah, it is both of us. i think you should well, more go first i don't know because you kind of knew the book and can give an informed opinion about it but they will give a rating of the film and every episode what it's out of changes so do you want to go first or should or should i should i rate it first i keep forgetting <laughs> I keep forgetting that we do the what it's rated out of and I keep just talking about the film and then forgetting it and then I'm like, oh no. Well, all right, here's the thing because I'd thought of something for it to be out of. I preemptively did it because I thought I might need to do this because I haven't seen this film and it might come down to me. So do you want to know what I was going to rate it out of and then you can give it a rating and then I'll give it a rating? Yes, yes, yes. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds fair, yeah. See? Our one-year anniversary podcast, and we finally learned how to collaborate. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad, really. (laughs) So I thought that it should be out of Chicken (laughs) Cacciatore's. I thought it should be. I don't know. Oh, that reminds me of poor Apollina. Apollina. I'm so shocked about that. That's so shocking. Chicken Cacciatore. That was was another bit that I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that took Uh, me by surprise. Hugely by surprise. So, Chicken Cacciatore. Yeah. (laughs) So, as an opinion from someone who has now, in the correct order read the book and watched the film what do you want to give it i'm gonna give it five chicken cacciatores you're gonna give it five i can't give it any less than a five it's like it's nigh on the perfect film do you know what next to karate kid (laughs) next to next to karate kid yes imagine that imagine that what are the two what are your two most perfect but the films that you have so not saying that your yeah. favourite ones that you've ever seen in the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. world but your but two that you would rate what are your two rate? highest revered yeah <laughs> The Godfather oh yeah that, yeah, 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 yeah I agree Karate Kid and you didn't even oh okay and I do have I to say originally <laughs> you didn't get, no retrospectively looking back on it you gave it five stars yeah, originally you know, it was it four kept, it kept like kept creeping back on me you know and you were like yeah the more <laughs> I think about it the more I enjoy it yeah yeah Well, I'm going to do a first for this podcast. It stands to reason that on our one-year anniversary podcast episode, it should be met with something that is a first. I am going to give... One. (laughs) ...my first ever (gasps) five-star rating. (laughs) Godfather gets five 
chicken cacciatore what else did I give me. five stars then to you I given... give another one five stars yeah you gave five stars to I say this gremlins <laughs> did I yeah <laughs> There was one other film That's that you gave five stars to as well. And I'm sure someone will I message us. I gave Cobra Kai five stars, but that, I, I'm not counting that at the moment because that's not a film. I'm sure someone will message us going, you also gave this film five stars I, I as well. Think, I if, don't think so. I mean, if I was to look back through our podcast episodes and relive yeah, them all, I don't think so. as I do every year on our anniversary, <laughs> Once, this one I time. just sit there and re-listen to every single episode that oh, we've done nice. in honour of the last year. Fast forward on my parts, listen to your own voice. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. No. It's actually the opposite. It totally isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, it actually isn't. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to give it five stars. I genuinely didn't expect to enjoy The Godfather as much as I did. Do you feel obliged to say five stars, or are you actually? No, no, I no. Here's the thing, <laughs> I, I thought, sure. I thought I was going to be feeling obliged to give it a high rating. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I don't. And I say thought, this oh, am I going to have to give it a high rating because I feel like it needs it because it's such a classic and because it's the Godfather, or am I actually like not going to enjoy it that much yeah. and I'm going to feel. No, I genuinely think that this is 100% a five-star film. It, yeah, it is. I, I might not rush back out to sit down and watch it again, but if it's on, if it's at a special screening of something, I, I would probably go, <laughs> okay, I'd be all right with watching Godfather. Yeah, we've literally just... Oh, I'd love to see this in the cinema, actually. I would, if there was a special... 4K or whatever screening of The Godfather uh, in a yeah, cinema, yeah. yeah, I would probably pay money to go and watch Godfather. I would definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, five stars. Five chicken cacciatori. <laughs> five chicken cacciatori. Cacciatori. <laughs> also, sorry, okay. I do like the, the ballsiness of them making a pasta with sausage and meatballs. <laughs> I, do you know what? I completely spaced on that meats. bit. But I thought that when they did it, I was like, hang on. <laughs> That's meatballs. why Fat Clemenza is called Fat Clemenza. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's getting, he's mixing his meatballs and his sausage together in the pasta. I was like, hang on. <laughs> meatballs and sausage in the pasta. Meatballs and sausage in the pasta. <laughs> That's one That's spicy extreme, meatball. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, hang on. Maybe, maybe this guy's onto something. Maybe what we should do is we should mix impossible meatballs and moving mountain sausage <laughs> yeah, into pasta. A nice plant-based sausage meatball pasta. <laughs> yeah, we'd see if they the would ma- hate that. They, but here's the thing: if we took it to them, do you think that the mafia would be able to tell the difference? <gasps> That's the question. That's a really good advert. I know. Even- <laughs> That's a really good advert. Impossible meatballs. Even the mafia can't tell the difference. Hey! Well, I mean, not, not making it in a way that means... You're hey, gonna... Fat Clemenza, pass me some more of those meatballs. Hey, these are not the meatballs. What? <laughs> I mean, the marketing, like, yeah, writes itself well, after yeah, that point. Like, you have to... <laughs> I, I meant in the way that you're not going to get yourself, like, whacked. Well, yeah, okay. So maybe it needs workshopping then, <laughs> yeah. is what we're saying. Yeah, more subtle. 
You should know this about me by this point in the podcast, Amber. Nothing about me is subtle. No, I do know that, yeah. <laughs> it's been seven years. <laughs> Only one of them was the podcast, and we're still <laughs> learning that. So, there you have it. The Godfather, the classic to end all classics, arguably, gets five out of five chicken cacciatores from Amber and myself on our one-year anniversary podcast. There is absolutely no doubt in our minds that this is, in fact, a true, true classic. But... What do you all out there listening think? Do you think that The Godfather is one of the greatest movies of all time, undisputedly? Or do you think that it's maybe not all it's cracked up to be? Do you think there's maybe some flaws in there? What kind of food would you try to pass off to the mafia as being (laughs) real when actually it's (laughs) plant-based? All of these questions and more can be posed to us through social media. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And make sure you are using the hashtag BTTRpod so that we know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have enjoyed this, our one-year anniversary podcast (laughs) and perhaps many other ones in the past and many still to come. What else should they do? They should like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. And also follow us on Instagram at BTTR Podcast. Yes, do make sure that you follow at BTTR Podcast because Amber puts up some decent things You need to see that there. photo of the guy from Terminator. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Godfather, but we've referenced it in this, so we'll it's put it up. It's going on there. It's going on there. Maybe as an animated GIF of some kind. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what wonders no, technology... there was no animation about it. In real it's life, just... he was still. He was absolutely <laughs> perfectly still watching you. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yes, do make sure you leave us that five-star review if you have enjoyed this episode, as we enjoyed The Godfather today. If you haven't enjoyed this episode, then I'm very sorry. Please don't leave a review, but you've done very, very well to make it this far, and you can go about your life now. You're free. Well done. But until our next episode, and perhaps our next one year anniversary but by that point it'll be a two year anniversary and um, no one can tell but i'm dabbing you are you are doing (laughs) slightly awkward dabs so you don't (laughs) knock anything over but it was a dab nonetheless (laughs) in celebration of our one year anniversary amber you know it's pretty late in the day at this point do you know where we should go I think we should go to the mattresses. <laughs> oh. You see what I did there? Oh, okay. So go you mean to the, going to sleep? Going to the mattresses. Yeah. Because it's like what they say in do, the God. Do do does the scratching of the face make the voice better? It does a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>